0: Welcome to the second edition of the Ark and Co Roundtable Discussions. Today we're going to talk about the political climate and the macro economy. Great, um, brilliant. So, from a macro perspective, Alex, I'll start with you. Um, you know, uh, using things like Brexit clause, Brexit break, John, power of politicians, the fear is always worse than the reality. Um, How are we feeling from a legal perspective uh, in regards to the outcome of the election? And do you feel feel that Boris will make any sort of fundamental changes in the property market or, you know, stamp duty has been spoken about? There's been other whispers uh, of how he can create a bit of fluidity. I think Ed made a great point in regards to a challenging market allows for education. Education from both the lender's side uh, the, the surveyor's side the broker's side as well as the client, and if the client understands the challenges and is educated of, of how you know, uh, how you come to the number that everybody's looking for or how you underwrite a deal in, in what looks like a great market but it 's not because you fundamentally know something could go wrong, um, you know, shed some light from a legal perspective and then we 'll go around the table and, and, ask, and ask the guys
1: sure I mean um, in terms of working out what Boris is going to do, that's pretty much a a political question that um, can any of us predict and see what he's going to see through. Um, Rates and everything else of SDLT have always been on the agenda with with essentially what is still uh, the same Conservative government. So we'll have to wait and see in that regard. I think people's sentiment around the obvious thing about the avoidance of a hung parliament is going to be the overall positive thing. Whatever gets passed will be passed. Um, So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. But in terms of people's education, we can't underestimate relativity. So I think we've already alluded to it around this table that Brexit is such a dominant thing and you know, obviously dominates the, the media and the national discourse. But relative to other jurisdictions, this is you know, quite a benign market. And what we're seeing that like, created disruption over the last three years, Relative to some jurisdictions, Um, I'm talking here about uh, sponsors I deal with in uh, the Middle East and the Chinese, Malaysian, you know, Far Eastern money, still see the value and stability in our system here. So, as we've already said, our legal principles here haven't changed. They won't change. And people really value that. Mm -hmm. So, it's it's important for us to always bang the drum of our existing systems here, Um, the stuff that we have control in that we will innovate as well to meet uh, challenges. So, um, on a macro level, I think Brexit will only cause us a, a, a real problem towards the end of the year when we see the, the actual legal terms of what the new relationship will be. But even then, I think it's important to take that macro level and realise there are the global uh, trade wars, etc., that are on the horizon, there's other um, regulatory uh, and systematic things like the LIBOR issue that I alluded to, which is being phased out next year. And I, we were discussing earlier, you know, how many LIBOR deals are being done still a year before it's actually about to be phased out. I mean, I did a deal recently, a seven-year term deal on LIBOR. So, I mean, I advise the client at the outset, you do know that this is potentially, well, it will be phased out. And there's no... There's still working groups, as we all know, around around the issue, and they haven't worked out whether, you know, we're still going to have a historic rate still there. I suspect there might be, because there's going to just not be enough time for everyone to sort that out. But I think this is the year, really, that people can have to uh, get their heads out of the sand and, and face that issue as well as Brexit. So... The macro level is important just to put Brexit there on the shelf with everything else now because now that we are definitely leaving on the 31st, apart from what will happen at the end of the year, we can't forget the other broader issues that are on the horizon. Interesting.
2: Um,
0: Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right to bring up the LIBOR issue, uh, which is going to be quite effective uh, in the next couple of years. Um, Going to the lenders, and uh, we'll start with you, Michael. Um, From a macro perspective, uh, the political clarity, have the storm clouds
2: gone away, or are they still there? How are you guys feeling? Uh, I think we try to take a pretty balanced view all the time. and, And, you know, last year, this year, I think you have to be realistic about About what you've got in front of you, and the the election result um, is uh, was was very positive from the sense that it it does give us that certainty. However, you know the flip side is um, we are exiting the European Union, and and there is there are going to be changes afoot. Um, In many ways, I just think that the the year is this year is going to be probably two or three benign quarters, and then we probably will have a slightly um, uncertain final quarter, as with all things that tend to be the case with the EU, um, you know things will go down to the wire as far as a trade deal is, is concerned. And either um, Boris will cave and will, will extend the transition period, so we'll get another another year, pretty much like this one, and not too determined to last year, um, or or the EU will will, will will cave in on a deal, um, and or perhaps some combination of the two. So. Um, we we we're, we're sort of we're optimistic um, you know we we we're looking at the year with a, you know with with fairly raised into glasses however we are aware of the of of, of the potential challenges that that could come along uh, later in the year and of course there's uh, there are other outside factors such as um, someone in washington sending some interesting tweets uh, that that also can have uh, pretty uh, material impacts on um, on on the global economy, and of course, the, you know, if whatever we like to think about what's going to happen with Brexit, there you know, things like uh, U.S.-China uh, trade relationships um, probably have a much greater bearing on on the global macro. I mean, as a as a lender that that sees the majority of their funding come from the states these days. Um, all of our you know all of our US partners are very positive very buoyant very keen to look at the UK particularly not the fact that they've got an election coming up this year mm-hmm. um, but naturally you know the US the performance of the US economy has such a big uh, bearing on the global economy and if anything anything that could uh, threaten that obviously that looks pretty good right now but anything that could threaten that um, will impact on us negatively so you know we've we've got to keep our eyes open um, like Ed said, you know I, I too since to start every conversation I had last year uh, with about five minute." Discussion on the state of the political, uh, uh, the political yeah. stance, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that won't change. But we'll, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, that will change, shall we? Soon. Interesting, John.
0: Well, how, how are you guys feeling? Because you're, you're you're spread uh, across you know multiple sectors, both you know, retail, resi, um, trading businesses, and so on. So, you know, any door can open for you guys, or any door can close. How, how are you feeling? I mean, that?
3: I I have the what's now an advantage of having got. Everything wrong last year in terms of predicting it. <laughs> so but you're like, still here. Yeah, I was absolutely certain that there'd be a hung parliament and Jeremy Corbyn would be the, you know, would be, be the prime minister. You're a
4: aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, I,
3: and I sold it as realism. I said, oh, you're, you know, you know
4: up on that. Yeah,
3: absolutely. And so, I, 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 honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know he was going to go and fire. Donald Trump was going to fire a missile at Iran and everything like that. Um, um, and if you listen to my six your old son he'll tell you he did the absolutely the right thing because he's a great bloke and you know we should do we should do more but the um but the, he's also got a strong full head of hair apparently he's got a full you, head yeah, of hair yeah, and he has an airplane and an armored car he's a, cool, he's a really cool guy what what i do remember is a crash and when that happened and we were all impacted by it on a macro level something we could do nothing about um the quality came through right so what we saw was i used to sit on the train on the way home from work and i once heard a mortgage broker on the train talking to his girlfriend about the fact that he had met a particular footballer who he named loudly in the, in the train carriage on the phone about his mortgage. And I thought, you're succeeding in business at the moment. Something is seriously wrong. Right? And, and now obviously after the crash, he probably disappeared and wasn't seen again. And the people that were succeeding were the people who really knew what they were doing, structuring deals, quality came through. And I think we may, whatever happens this year, that's what will, will, will matter. Um, I think there'll be an emphasis on deal making rather than product selling, simply because we don't know what's going to happen. We, um, for example, um, we will focus on the profitability of underlying tenants, which is something that maybe as lenders we've not looked at enough in the past. Um, are we going to see um, a focus on you know if you 're doing retail well you 'll know a lot more about it than I do, but transport hubs, office locations uh, yield plays people are going to come in and look and say, right well you can buy offices in London at a four percent at yield um, in Paris and Berlin the, the, the yield of, you know, the, the yields seem to be seem to be much lower at the moment, or are we going to see a big relo- relocation of businesses here to Europe because of brexit however um, in Belfast, we're seeing a big, a, a, a big sort of take-up of office by, by, by overseas law firms who are basing all their back offices out there, so you've just got to know your individual market. Um, leisure is an example. It, we've had really good press about Leisure recently because their pub numbers have finally started to go up. But right when we were a principally a pub lender at the beginning, people used to say, oh, I don't like pubs. And I said, well, I don't like a lot of pubs either. Um, we don't just lend against any pub. We, you know, in that more than anything, you look at the specific pub, is it a concept? Is it going to succeed? What, what do you think of it? Um, so have the, have the excuses for inactivity been removed? Well, hopefully, at least in the short term, um, we're seeing an uptick in, in volume. I think everyone around the table agrees that there is an uptick in volume it 's going to be about deal making um, rather than product selling, and I think we 're going to have lots of opportunities to show our worth um, over the next twelve months or, or, or we 're going to have lots of opportunities to screw up as well Good point actually um, you
0: know when when the market gets difficult um, it 's interesting who stays uh, in the market mm-hmm. and, and how they sort of cope. Um, James, how are you guys feeling?
3: I think sentiment in Paragon after the election was relief initially, and then positivity about what this means going forward, albeit noting that Brexit isn't done yet, and we don't know what the landscape will look like in a year's time. But I think fundamentally at Paragon we're gonna just continue doing what we've been doing for the last year, which is uh, keep to our core product range. Uh, you know, in London we haven't done a huge amount because of the affordability pressures anything helped to buy in London seems to be fine and we've stayed in that market and likewise we've been strong in the regions as well I think we're going to continue to focus on those markets Um, I think those fundamentals will see us through regardless of what happens with Brexit or politically
0: Um, Yeah. yeah Um, well, that's that's good, Chris. I'm going to come to you next uh, because obviously anything anyone does around this table relies on uh, your reports uh, per se. Um, how do you feel the clarity that's come through the uh, recent sort of political uh, election that happened in December? Do you think that's going to affect the you know the the narrative in your market? Do you think it'll be easier to to be able to you know gauge the figures in a more sort of positive way, or, or with Brexit <laughs> hanging over us, is there still that uncertainty of what the deal looks like?
5: Yeah. I- I mean, I think, I think obviously transactions provide the comparables that all valuers work off. Um, and there is sentiment as well, um, which is, is obviously driven by all the investors and debt lenders within the marketplace. So from that perspective, you know, we are more positive as we, as we kick off um, the year. Um, and as, as a house at JLL, we're expecting you know, more transactions in the first part of the year, um, provided, as John has indicated, there isn't something else that trips itself uh, elsewhere in the world um, and, um, and from that point you know, we would hope that it will provide more um, security to the type of valuations that, that, that we provide if they're more based on, on hard facts rather than necessarily um, on, on, on the sentiment that we've had to used so far but as I've indicated you know, there are, and as John has mentioned as well about specific markets and specific sectors you really have to understand um, the, the uh, environment and the location within which uh, a property sits whether that's residential or commercial and again under the skin of it and so that analysis that due diligence from a valuer you know we think that people have to pay for <laughs> and, 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 and at the moment with a slower market, there is competitive uh, competition on fees, which does not do um, the valuation industry any help at all, when actually clients are wanting more insight um, and more analysis of what they are actually lending on, which you know, we have to um, provide. So I think that's quite an interesting aspect in a difficult market. Are you seeing like any this.
0: trends in particular for, for certain sectors? Let's say retail, are there restrictions on value? Traditionally, you'd go on the yield, work backwards and, and you know, come up with an investment value. Are you seeing any sort of...?
5: Well, no, I, th- I think, I think um, you yeah, very good, know, very good question. Um, in the sense of um, what, is, what might the alternative use value be? Do you have to look at a residual value um, for some retail uh, schemes. And the vast majority of work that our, our retail team worked on last year was refinancing because there was, particularly in the first six months of the year, hardly any debt. Our agents were saying, look, we're selling this, this property. You know, We need your banks to lend some money to any potential purchasers because we can't sell it. Um, and, and that meant the values had to come down very quickly. And they were only being proved by the offers, if there were any. Um, that was being um, put forward. So particularly in retail, the analysis that has to go into um, the, the, the type of tenant, who they are and how they're performing, particularly when some are on turnover rents, uh, and many more on turnover rents now, that analysis has to be put together. So I think, I think certainly from the retail perspective, it's a lot harder work, and we're being asked much more about the residuals, and obviously the LTVs are much lower on those properties, which has, you know, it has been problematic.
0: Yeah. Um, Ed, you know you're you have got a lot of activity at the moment going on in your on your desk, uh, and you're clearly very involved in in numerous transactions. How are you and your clients feeling about the outcome of the election? And do you feel there'll be many changes that are going to come from Boris's government to enhance that that market?
4: Um, so I think first of all, it was the first positive. Uh, it was the first certainty the country's had for three years. So I think everyone's got to see that as a bit of a positive. Um, I think, um, what am I seeing at the start of this year? For the first time in a few years, I'm seeing my London-based developers presenting central London development, which I haven't really seen. I, I haven't seen anything that is feasible. Um, based on Redbook valuations for a couple of years. And I'm see, I've seen more of that in the last two weeks than I, I probably saw all of last year, which is interesting. You know, I, um, on my desk last week from one of my existing clients, I've presented a development site in central London we reviewed the same central London development site. I won't say the figures because they would be too obvious, but it was 35% lower. The purchase price was than what it had been 18 months, two years prior, and um, suddenly it becomes quite interesting. It, it, you know, does it make sense? I'm not sure. Maybe not quite, but almost. Okay. It makes a lot more sense than it made a year and a half, two years ago, and I think you know, where we've seen values come off in central London by 20% and a real shortage of of funders willing to lend in central London, that's uh, you know, put more pressure um, on the central London market, the central London developers to to start and acquire new sites and um, I I think we might start to see um, some movement I hope in central London, um, we'll see, we'll yeah. see. Um, from our from our perspective, I think, again, we've seen a few lenders now um, come into the central London market, which I think is interesting. I'm talking about residential, just to be clear. Um, I think the year ahead we will see more uh, creativity uh, with alternative sectors, as we saw last year, which I think is exciting. Um, And, um, yeah, I I definitely think people are more, or developers and investors are more optimistic coming into this year than they were in the second half of last year, um, and we'll be there to support them.
0: Brilliant. Um, Julian, do you want to just give us an overview from the development side of things? Because you, you've obviously uh, got a lot of developers on your desk at the moment. You did a lot of business last year in that section of the market. Um, you know, is there a bit more clarity now? Uh, do people uh, understand what they're doing? Are they, were they holding back? You know, were, were, were people acquiring sites and not developing?
6: You know, How is that going to affect your business? John's pessimism sort of brought me back through, uh <laughs> when I was... Uh, pretty excited to get into the working world in 2007 and then obviously the world went bang which I didn't know was going to happen and just reset everything but I think some of the lessons then were quite useful or are useful in this current climate albeit that was far worse than anything we've seen in the last couple of years with you know, with some of the political issues we've gone through. But John made a really good point about the quality then shone through. So a lot of the things that we picked up on during 2019 were um, was structure and making sure the structure was sensible. Can you be financed out? Picking up on some of the things Michael's talking about and the loans that he's written. Can you be financed out if the market falls off and we get a soft evaluation that Chris was leading to? So the, the um, some of the some of the lessons learnt there was just get your get get your structure your finance uh yeah, set at a sensible level of gearing so um, plan for the worst and, and and hope for the best that said this year now 2020s as everyone said there's a lot of activity everyone's pretty excited about it what are the potential changes I've had few conversations in the last couple of weeks with developers in central London um, in, in sort of different capacity that uh, I think we probably need to get through January, see what happens in, in the spring, have a look at, you know, is stamp duty gonna change? Mm-hmm. That's gonna have a massive effect. That yeah, we talk about liquidity. Everyone's talking about liquidity you know, from different sides of the fence. You know, is there enough money? Is there plenty of money there to be lent? Yes, there is. It's coming from America. It's coming from other, you know, other sort of funding lines. Um, the consumer, uh, you know, it's still it's still liquid. Um, there's still plenty of mortgages being written at at good, you know, at cheap rates, at good money, affordable pricing. So, what's going to help unlock? You know, some of the development market. Definitely stamp duty. If there's a change there, we'll see what happens. Um, planning as well. You know what's going to happen in the planning, uh, you know, in legislation. Yeah, you know, is that going to become slightly easier? Are we going to be able to get some uh, some more schemes off the ground? But are we going to be able to build them? Yeah, so again, labour. You know, is, is, is there going to be more labour? You yeah, know. So it's how, how do we un, how do we grease all the wheels to work together? And I think I think as we move through the first quarter of 2020, some of those things will become. <coughs> You're visible, but again, if you if if, if nothing changes and it, it becomes a, another challenging year, those clients who are quality bought well, got the right deal, um, and, and are able to then structure appropriately will be absolutely fine. Interesting. I mean, there, there clearly are a lot of challenges coming
0: into twenty twenty, as we've all alluded to the Although there's political certainty at the top of the ladder, we're not clear as to which way that will go. Um, And I think that will affect all our businesses. And that concludes our roundtable for today. Thank you very much for listening to the ARK&Co podcast.